Side Hustle Show 308, how to start a knife sharpening business. Here's how you can make an extra few hundred dollars a month with this low overhead side hustle that has literally millions of potential repeat customers. What's up, what's up, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because sometimes you gotta step back from chopping down trees to sharpen that ax. I'm pretty sure we've talked about that metaphorical saw sharpening a few times in the past. In fact, it's one of Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly successful people. But today I want to share with you a side hustle about literal saw sharpening and knife sharpening and shear sharpening. Basically, any kind of blade, Matt Rowell from AmericanEdgeSharpening.com can help bring it back to life. Matt's business is something he runs on the side from his day job as captain of a research vessel. He's also a Navy reservist, but he came up with this goal of making an extra $5,000 over the course of five years to help fund some other passion projects. And one of the ways he's on track to do that is with his knife sharpening business, which was up to $250 to $500 a month when we spoke. Stick around in this episode to hear how Matt got started with this idea while he was deployed in Djibouti, Africa, including what equipment he uses, how he learned how to do it, how to actually sharpen the blades, and how he's marketed and priced his service. Notes and links for this episode, plus the full text summary with all of Matt's top tips, are at sidehustlenation.com slash knife, K-N-I-F-E, yes, I can spell. Now, whether your business involves sharpening blades or providing service to clients, you're going to need a reliable way to get paid. For that, I rely on our sponsor, FreshBooks, when I need to send an invoice to clients or advertisers. It's got invoicing, expense management, proposals, time tracking, and more, all in one place, so you can spend less time on your admin and paperwork, and more time growing your business and serving your customers. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day completely free trial today. No credit card required. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this call with Matt after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. In 2015, I was recalled from the reserves to active duty by the Navy to go to Djibouti which is a small country in East Africa. And I was there for a year. And it was a job that was primarily desk bound, building PowerPoints and doing briefings. And by nature, I'm a hands-on type of guy. So I really needed to find something to do with my hands. And I saw on Camp Lemonnier, there was a, a Craigslist equivalent within the camp. And somebody posted an ad for knife sharpening. And in that ad, they shared the equipment that they used and some other details. And I reached out to that person, but I think that they had already redeployed, meaning gone home. So I just kind of took what little info was in that ad and did a little bit of research and ran with it. Okay, interesting. So this was somebody else who was deployed with you and he was advertising to fellow people at the camp. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So those were your first customers, your fellow soldiers or reservists, or I don't know what the right term would be. We'll go with service members because there there was someone from every branch there. But yeah, so exactly. So I I purchased the gear being over there. It took a few weeks to show up and then while it was on its way. And when it got there, I spent some time on YouTube to figure it out. And I started with my own knives and then to learn my trade, I, I just did them for free for the guys that I had befriended over there. 
And you can imagine in that environment, like that we generalize the type of person, many of them do carry knives. So there, there were plenty of knives to choose from. And then once you do a few for free, you know, like then they see their buddy and they're like, hey, I just got my knife sharpened. So I didn't monetize it much over there a little bit, but it was more of a, for me, it was a way to find something to do with my hands, to learn a new craft. And then maybe we can get into some more of this later, but I was also doing a, some some purposeful design and independent research into permaculture. And then I implemented that, the knife sharpening into my permaculture project when I got home. So it was when I got home that I really turned it into or tried to monetize it into a side hustle. Okay. And it was totally YouTube taught? Yeah, exactly. It would be inappropriate for me to say that I didn't have a skill set going into it. Like I've always worked with my hands. Like I built my first car and I built my first boat. Like so I, I absolutely had a skill set, sure. but I had never sharpened knives. And to be totally with, upfront with you, like I almost threw away my knife. I say sure, like that's like a normal thing to do. <laughs> I wouldn't have the first idea about it, how to get started building a car or a boat. But I'm like, sure. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's also maybe appropriate to to share. Like I didn't know how to sharpen knives at all. Like I almost threw away my kitchen set because they were dull. And then it kind of hit me like, hey, that's not the type of guy I am. So I started with a skill set, but I didn't know anything about sharpening when I got going. Okay. What was the equipment that you had shipped over there? And I assume you brought that home with you. Yeah, exactly. It would be good to get into the equipment. The toughest part, there are so many things on the market that pitch themselves as the best thing for knife sharpening. And if any of your audience wants to get into it, could warrant some research there. But it would also probably be realistic to assume that maybe between zero and five of your listeners are actually going to take on a hustle and knife sharpening. So maybe we don't need to go too deep. into. I think you might be surprised. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Well, for any of you out there that do like, just we'll figure out how to get in touch with me and we'll grow together. So what I did, Nick, was I I put together a list of all the gear that I'm using preparation for this show. And I'll, I'll send you a link. Maybe you can put that in the show notes, but just for, introduction to it to get started i went with the edge pro sharpening system and there are many out there like there's a the wicked edge the kme there's WorkSharp, there's bench grinders so there's a lot of things to choose from and i mentioned that craigslist equivalent ad that got me started and that person used the edge pro apex and knowing nothing about it i just went with that and now being a few years deep i am i feel so fortunate that that's the system that i started with because it is capable of consistently doing great work, meaning a very good edge. And it is also highly versatile, which allows me to, like I got it just to do really pocket knives and kitchen knives, but I've been able to really grow into a lot of other things with that system. Okay, interesting. How much does the Edge Pro Apex cost ballpark? Yeah, so the it's 250 bucks, 255 will get you the jig and the stones and a hone and a few other things. So that that's what you need to get started. And then if anyone wants to reference my list of other tools, like from that Edge Pro Apex kit, from proceeds from sharpening knives, I was able to continue to grow out my kit to include like a small knife attachment and a scissor chisel attachment and a piece of glass for flattening stones and cleaning them and a bunch more other stuff too. When you were learning how to do this, and your buddies are saying, yeah, you can sharpen my knife. Is there a risk that if you screw it up, like you're going to ruin it? Is there a downside to starting for free? What level of trust are people putting in you, basically? Yeah, so somebody could make the knife worse. 
Absolutely. But I don't think that somebody could make it irreparable. Meaning like if you have a knife and you gave it to some guy and he kind of botched it up and then you gave it to me, I could restore it. But yeah, there's a level of risk, right? Like, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. Can I sharpen your $100 knife? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at is, okay, so I went on YouTube, I bought the equipment, and now I'm going to town on customers' stuff. It's like, I like the idea of doing it for free first. Like, let me practice in a low-risk situation when people aren't paying me and then going out and then finding paying clients to do this. So maybe we fast forward a little bit. You know, you get home. Tell me about finding your first paying customers. Yeah. And actually, we'll back up just one second. Like if you're doing this at home, like one of my selling points is that if you drive down the road, every house and that you pass has a bunch of knives in it. So there's plenty of inventory out there. And with that in mind, like if you're just starting out, I would I would suggest that you just sharpen every knife in your house first. And then by the time you get through your whole set, you'll you'll probably have a pretty good feel for what you're doing. And then the way that I branched out from there was family. And again, that's kind of a free thing. And then friends. And I, I'm always reluctant to advertise the pitch to friends, but I did do that when I started. And some friends took me up on it, and then some have continued to take me up on it. It was kind of a slow growth for me as I was figuring out the marketing aspect. And I leaned heavily on Facebook, not on ads, but on building a Facebook page. And there are like service provider pages in in my area and business owner pages so I would periodically put a post up there and that would bring in a few people and then I'd ask them to leave a review. And I think it grew in hindsight, like it didn't take too long, but at the time it felt like it took a while to grow, but I did it without investing really any money into marketing. Yeah, it's all very part-time. So that makes sense. How do you figure out how much to charge? The way I did that was I did an internet search for you know sharpening around me. So that gave me like, I just got an idea of what other people were charging for sharpening. And then I tried to simplify it. I found that the models were kind of complicated. So people break the fee up into the size of the knife. So I tried to simplify that just by saying a dollar per inch of blade. And then with time, as I got knives, I would keep track of how long it took me to sharpen a knife, compare that to how much I was making and derive an hourly rate. And for the most part was, was pretty good. The time that it takes to do a knife depends on the quality of the knife coming in the door. But if I was making somewhere between $30 and $60 per hour sharpening, that's just time stone on knife. And I found that to be an acceptable rate for my time. The only thing I did change was that when you get down into the small blades, like it could cost, cost like $3 to sharpen a paring knife, that doesn't really become time effective for me. So I just made a $5 minimum per blade. For kitchen knives, anyway, that's that's my current rate, dollar per inch, not less than $5 per knife. Okay, so it works out to 30 to 60 bucks an hour. You're setting up those minimums for those tiny little pairing knives, so it's still worth your while. And I imagine people aren't giving you one at a time. Yeah, I, I try to get people just to give me their two favorite knives. I, to try to grow my customer base, I feel like people don't need to commit to sharpening every knife in their block. But yeah, you're, you're pretty right on. Like Anywhere between two to five knives is the, is the standard. Okay, so an average, I'm just trying to get a gauge of like, okay, an average order in terms of dealing with this customer is going to be 10 to 40 bucks or something, ballpark. Yeah, I think you're right. I think my average proceeds per customer is around $20. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? 
Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. And people are finding you through word of mouth at this point, through Facebook, through, like you said, every every house is full of knives. Like, have you done any local flyer distribution or anything like to try and capture a local market? Yeah. So one thing that I do is I built a drop box for my driveway. So the knife sharpening sign on the side of the road is probably my number one marketing tool at the moment. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I did do flyers once. I found that it, it didn't really mesh with me very well. I got a few customers from it, but it seemed that it took a little bit more time to print them, design them and get them up than it was worth. So yeah, between the roadside sign Facebook. And then I also did a small farmer's market. I just did the second season of that. So get to know the community through the farmer's market. And that has brought in some business as well. Oh, okay. Did you have to pay to set up a booth at the market? Or is it just like, hey, here's me and my table? Did you bring your equipment down there? Or is it just like, hey, this is what I do? Yeah. So there was a fee. And a cool thing like to advocate hustling, like I remember making that first phone call to see whether I could get in the market. And you know, like it makes your heart beat a little faster. And you just feel nervous kind of pitching yourself. So like, I feel like starting a hustle is really just whatever you choose to do. Like it's a good experience in putting yourself out there. And in hindsight, you know, like calling a market director is no big deal anymore. But yeah, so there was, it was like 25 bucks to get into that market. My goal was really, so actually I'll tell you, Nick, my, my first goal, like I, I kind of approached it as a money-making idea and coming out of the first year, I was a little disappointed because I didn't generate a whole lot of business from the market, but I still really enjoyed doing it. So the second year, I kind of changed my mindset and approached it more from a perspective of getting to know the other vendors and the people that frequent the market. And this year was really just totally different. And at the end of the market, I was 
coming away with food from a local farmer and coffee and sweets and bread and honey. And like from building the relationships with all the other vendors, I found that that experience became much more abundant. And I still easily cover the cost of the entrance to the market. But I, I think that was just a little side for like people that are interested in getting into a local side hustle is that you know, money isn't necessarily the only thing. And there's building the community has been the biggest unexpected blessing in starting this side hustle for me. Yeah. And we should add, you're not in a huge metropolis either, right? Yeah. Like I would consider it a medium to small town in New Hampshire. And there were already people offering the service when you did your internet search for sharpening services near me. Other people were already serving that market? No, not in my area. There was one dude in Maine who uses the same system as I do and actually got to meet him this year. And then there was one guy in Portsmouth, which is a couple towns away, that was doing hair shears. And then there's also like most of the smaller hardware stores still have a person that drives around and does sharpening. So it was available, but it wasn't, there was nobody else doing like a roadside hustle, like what I'm working on. Okay. So what we have, I'm trying to think of like what, what the alternative is, right? So we have a little, I guess, a knife sharpening block. It's like the little V-shaped thing and you rub the blades over it, you know, for 10, 20 minutes. I don't know how long. Grandpa does it when he comes to town <laughs> and, and then they're sharp. So is it primarily you're finding, okay, people used to do this by themselves or that's kind of the homeowner market or going after, like you mentioned, the, the hair shears or the restaurant market or something like that? Yeah, so those those are pretty common, those little benchtop kitchen V-shaped sharpeners. I would not consider that a precision sharpening device. And I think that's what I'm trying to sell is the quality of the edge that I can put on a knife is going to be far superior than what you can get out of that. But if that doesn't matter to you, then the precision edge won't matter either. But <laughs> no, sell it, sell it. I love it. Yeah, those have it. Those have a place. I think that and I think even after you if you use one of those for a while, you'll get to the point where it just it probably won't bring the edge back. And then there's the there's the hone. Sometimes it's called a steel, which is that rod that you probably have in your knife block as well. If I had you in front of me, I'd show you how I explain this. But like, what happens is the, the edge of the knife has these little micro serrations. And as you use them, they're going to fall off to the side, like curl over. Over time, if you use that steel or a hone, you can either get them back into alignment or you cut them off. And you can probably get 15 to 20 times on the hone before you need to put a stone back on the knife to cut the steel away to restore that edge. And those devices that you just mentioned, the V sharpeners, they'll do a little cutting, but they're, you're probably limited to one or two grits, or I think they use a little diamond edge in there. So anyway, by using a precision sharpener, like what I'm doing, then it, it can put a, a better edge on the knife, which addresses that. And I think you had a next question, like who else is this really appropriate for? Yeah, I was just curious on the customer base front. So you kind of have addressed the homeowner market, kitchen knife market, but there's a whole another world of people who need their stuff sharpened. Yeah, totally. And and the other thing, Nick, like I, I say a lot, the, probably one of the bigger obstacles to marketing this hustle is that it's in educating the customer. Like most people don't sharpen their knives at all. So it's not uncommon for me to get knives that, you know, haven't been sharpened in, in a decade or more, which makes it kind of more time consuming to bring back the edge. But then it's a total game changer. Like if you if you hand a sharp knife to somebody who's never used one, it's like it's just it blows your mind. It's a total it improves the experience in the kitchen dramatically. 
Yeah, it's so much more satisfying to chop stuff. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, where has this been all my life? One thing I didn't do, but I'd like to do, should I do the market again, is is set up like a cutting board and a couple tomatoes and just give people the opportunity to see what it's like. So maybe next year I'll, I'll take that on. Oh, I like that. A little demo. Yeah, right. Yep. And to get into like open the aperture on who this could apply for, and some of the places that I have sharpened for would be just roll through a couple, like a library, like scissors and paper cutters. They get used a lot. There's a like a mower repair shop. A lot of times their time is better spent on the engines, but they do offer blade repair. Any other shop tools like axes and shovels and all that stuff, you can bring all those back. I was thinking print shops, like they have a bunch of scissors and cutters in there. I did some scissors for a canvas shop. They had a whole a whole slew of huge scissors that were pretty awesome. Sewing shops, wood shops, like chisels and planes and planers. I have a good thing going with a sheep shearer. So this guy, he makes his profession traveling around the East Coast, shearing llamas, alpacas, and sheep. Okay. Uh, so he has a bunch of tools for that. And it's valuable to him to, you know, he saves time and energy when he's working with sharp tools. And then like any farms, they got a bunch of gear, fishing, being on the seacoast. You'd be hard-pressed to find a fishing boat without a knife on it. I did some knives for a cheese shop, which were kind of unique. And then just like any machine shop, I would just use like drills. I got a, a different tool. I don't do drills on the Edge Pro, but I do have a tool to sharpen drills. I just see that as like something that could get you in the door and open up the conversation about sharpening. And a lot of that is kind of business to business, which has its place. And we can dive into that too, if it's fitting. Yeah, there. as you're going through this, you realize just how broad the market could be or how many people might have a need for this type of service. A friend of mine, one of the former members of the Side Hustle Nation mastermind group when we were running it was a firefighter by day, but was running this shear sharpening business by nights and weekends and ended up having to recruit other people from the fire station to help him out because he couldn't keep up with the demand for it. And again, focusing on hair salons and pet groomers. Like those were his two kind of sweet spots in the market because really high-end haircutting shears apparently are crazy expensive. I had no idea. And so it was like, it was no problem to walk in and sell them on sharpening. And the interesting thing is, you know, a lot of those ended up becoming recurring clients because it's like, well, in another few months, we're going to need this service again. Have you found that to be true with any of your customers? Yeah, totally. So I actually currently have a, a bartering situation going on with a, a barber shop around here where I do their shears in exchange for a haircut. And I'll just throw out a kind of a precautionary word, like doing hair shears is kind of a different ball of wax. Like they're they're pretty hard to do. And like the test to know whether or not they're good is you spritz a piece of tissue paper and hang it and then you lightly close the shears on the tissue, that wet tissue paper and, and then pull down. And if it grabs or doesn't cut anywhere along the blade, then they're not ready yet. So I wouldn't start with hair shears. And I would also, one thing I did was I was very open that I have not done many. So the barber that I got started with, like he gave me his worst pair and he says, see what you can do with these, you know, and then like I get some feedback, like I left a little burr on it, like it wasn't perfect or whatever. So I've been able to grow my experience with them. But I, th I think just think it's important to share that I had a very open relationship while doing that, which has helped me out a lot. Like it's helped me help me grow and learn how to do that. Okay. Yeah. That's a good way to branch out into a new, potentially a new market. Sure. Yeah. Same thing with that sheep shearing dude. 
the other thing, like to your reoccurring recurring client idea, I, I treat it as every every client is recurring. So I, I keep the email or phone, like however I, people contact me, I, I keep that and I keep in touch with everybody via a monthly newsletter. In that I share like a knife tip, like an idea on how to take care of knives. And I try to offer a monthly special on something. And I also do a project update. And you know, like this is to me, this is part of a bigger, a bigger project. And I, I feel like sharing that helps me build my relationship with people. And then after every six months or a year, like however my whenever I need some more clients, I, I kind of go back and send a personal note just commenting that even the best maintained knives get dull with time. So, you know, if you'd like to touch up those edges, I'll give you a discount. And I usually offer 10%. And it still it still makes a lot of sense because redoing a knife that I did a year ago is going to be a lot faster than doing a knife that hasn't been done in 10 years. That's kind of just been a model that's worked well for me. So you mentioned your kind of sign and Dropbox by your house on the side of the road. Is that how most people are delivering the stuff to you? I'm curious just like how you're handling the drop-off and pickup of the physical inventory. The way I started, you know, when I didn't have the Dropbox was people would come, I'd invite people to come drop their stuff off and then they're coming up to the porch and like the dog is out. Like, it was like, yeah, this this isn't working. So I do offer a pickup and drop off and I also offer a mailing. I much prefer people just to come to me and drop them in the Dropbox. And the way that works is I carved a sign that just says knife sharpening. And then below the sign, there's a eight and a half by 11 sheet, a laminated sheet explaining the directions. And then off either side is a box. So there's two boxes. They're probably two feet long and then a foot deep and a foot tall. And I leave a cipher lock inside the box. So when people roll up, they can drop their knives in the box, take the cipher lock out. And, you know, only I know the code. So they lock it. When I get home, I can unlock the box, take their knives out, sharpen them. I put the knives back in and then I change the code to a number that I only share with the owner of the knives. And I usually do their the last four numbers of their phone number so that they don't have to memorize some random numbers. They come, they can recover their knives. They can put, if they're paying by cash or check, they can put the money in the box and then lock it again. And that's really cool. Like that's sweet rolling up after work to cash locked in a box at the end of my driveway. Yeah, that's awesome. So Matt, you mentioned this is part of a larger project for you or that the knife sharpening may not be the end game that you have in mind. So what's next for you? Where do you want to take this thing? Yeah. So the knife sharpening is actually right about where I want it. So I mentioned that permaculture project and I don't know if any, if you're not familiar with what permaculture is, like it doesn't matter a whole lot, but the way I treat it, it's a way to grow abundance around my homestead. And I use these things to try to grow my family. Like if you you conceptually like growing children in a garden. So I have a lot of things that going on there and I'm using the knife sharpening as part of that project to fund a lot of other projects. So the money that I make from the knife sharpening right now is going into a rainwater harvesting project. And then once I'm bigger picture, like once I'm harvesting rain, I can automate watering my gardens and then that can grow food. And then I see ways to grow that in a bunch of other directions, like maybe a small scale CSA. One thing I tried to do this year was a three sisters garden and I grew popcorn. I lost it all to critters, but I think that that's also an awesome lesson when you're raising kids, like getting comfortable with failure and like you can put a lot of work into something and have it not pay off. And, you know, that's okay. That's the price of tuition. So the knife sharpening is feeding a lot of that. And I feel like there's probably a lot of people in the audience that have like other things that they really want to pursue if they just had a few bucks to throw at it. And this is one thing that's really been cool for me to kind of 
And the growth of the knife sharpening business kind of paces the growth of the other project. And right now I have enough money to keep working on the project. So I'm not pushing the knife sharpening too hard at the moment. Yeah, it's a cool way to fund it or to fund special projects or special pieces of it, like this rainwater collection thing, and make that net neutral, make that free, essentially, from from the day job salary. Yeah, and I, I love that, Nick. Like the, the idea that I keep working towards is like if that popcorn, for example, thing did work out, like selling popcorn could cover the cost of seed for the garden. So I keep trying to think of ways, like right now, my chickens, we swing a few eggs in the summer. And the sale of the eggs covers the cost of the chickens. So then like I eat an egg scramble every morning. So now like my breakfast is paid for. You know, the thing that got us connected was your your note about your multiple different hustles. And I, I kind of, I really think about that, like all the different ways I can get things to kind of pay for themselves and I just keep growing in that way. And I also like to think in terms of goals. So like my one year goal, for example, would be to, in addition to doing this knife sharpening, and like, I also am trying to grow a website. You mentioned that at the beginning in a year, like in a year's time, I'd like to figure out how to monetize that so that in five years, I can, between all of these things that I'm working on, I could have a supplemental income or offsetting of cost equal to what my salary is. And in 10 years, I'd like to be in a position where I could start investing in real estate. So I think baby steps now kind of add up to leaps over a long time frame. Absolutely. And all kind of snowballs together. And, and I could see just based on what we're talking about, half a dozen different ways to eventually monetize NewHampshireMan.com. But Matt, really appreciate you joining me. Again, AmericanEdgeSharpening.com. If you want to check out the knife sharpening business, how Matt has that set up over there. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Yeah. So the guys like you and me, Nick, like we we totally get it. And I think that if you have anyone tuning into the Side Hustle show, like they probably get it too. Like all of the value from starting something on the side and the ways that whether it's like the money straight up or whether it's to grow community or gain a skill set. But I just want to say, like, not everybody gets it. Like this, this is sort of not mainstream and this unconventional approach to life can be intimidating or draw anxiety in people. And I share that because this has been something that my wife has not been particularly comfortable with. So my tip for the, all the hustlers out there is to be aware of that and to over communicate and be very deliberate about what your goals are and what your intent is with the people that you've committed to sharing your time with. And that's something that I'm still working on. And I think that that's just a really valuable thing as you, if you're, especially if you're coming from a conventional lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. That's not something that we've probably heard on the show before, but to be deliberate about your goals with your loved ones, make sure that they can see the why behind everything that you're doing, all the crazy different side hustles. And hopefully get on board and see that it's in their best interest as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks, Nick. Well, very cool, Matt. Thanks so much for joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. A common theme on the show is developing the skill of learning new skills. And if you're about to launch your side hustle or if you're already neck deep in it, handling your numbers, your paperwork and your administrative stuff is a skill that's probably going to need some attention. And that's where our sponsor FreshBooks.com comes in. FreshBooks makes ridiculously easy cloud accounting software designed specifically for side hustlers and freelancers who need to get up to speed in a hurry on the bookkeeping and accounting stuff. 
The reason I mentioned getting up to speed in a hurry is because FreshBooks has designed their software so that there's pretty much no learning curve. For example, you can create and send polished, professional-looking invoices in about 30 seconds. You can set yourself up to receive payments online in just two clicks. And you can take pictures of your receipts with your phone to make managing your expenses about a million times easier come tax time. And truthfully, this is just a sliver of what FreshBooks can do for you to help master the skill of dealing with your paperwork. I've been a customer for years, and as a Side Hustle Show listener, I want to invite you to check out your completely unrestricted 30-day free trial at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the Side Hustle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Matt. Number one is to learn, then do. There wasn't a lot of wasted time between idea and action in Matt's case. And even though this is something that he'd never done before, he said, you know what, I can figure this out. And he went for it. Now, after we hung up the call, Matt told me that he probably did 20 knives for free before he started charging, which is not a whole lot. But he combined the online instruction, the YouTube instruction with the hands-on practice to get confident enough to put a price on his work. This really parallels my wife and her partner in their photography business. They learned a skill, they practiced for free, or they practiced for pretty low rates to build up the confidence, to build up a body of work, a portfolio, and then they started charging more and more. So that's takeaway number one, learn and then do. Takeaway number two is to tell people about it. And I can't stress this part enough. The knife sharpening business is one with relatively low overhead, relatively low startup costs, but... Matt put in some effort to spread the word about his work. He created his Facebook page. He told his friends and family. He set up shop at the farmer's market. And I want to make a point on the friends and family thing because he mentioned he had a hard time charging people he was close to, which is understandable and I'm kind of the same way. So the main benefit I see there is in tapping into those networks of at least letting them know what you do so that they can more easily market for you. It's not necessarily that you want to sell them or you want to sell to them directly, but you want to open up that next degree of connections. Who do they know that might be in the market for a service like this? And of course, that applies to every service business, not just knife sharpening. I think, and Matt admitted this too, there's a lot more that he could do on the marketing front, but you know why he hasn't tied it into my third takeaway, which is to be deliberate. This is a side hustle that works with all of Matt's other obligations. Is it likely to turn into a six-figure business? Probably not, but that's also not his goal. Now, if you wanted to get more aggressive with it, I think it absolutely could, but still, it serves him financially, and it serves him as a rewarding craft and as a member of the community, and I think that's worth quite a bit. I think Matt's call to be deliberate about your goals, especially with your loved ones, was a powerful one. And those can be, speaking from experience, some tough conversations to have. Like, what do you really want? What's a perfect average day look like for you? How do you want to spend your time? Where do you want to spend your time? In our house, at least, we have a tendency to kind of kick those questions down the road and avoid really thinking and talking about them. You know, we're just too caught up in the day-to-day a lot of the time. So I think that's where I'll wrap this one up to give you the homework to ponder some of those questions because they really are worthwhile and and I promise I'll do the same. The answers, and the answers might not come immediately, but the answers can steer decision-making and stave off perhaps years spent traveling down a path that's not leading 
where you want to go. So be deliberate. And thank you, Matt, for that one. Notes and links for this episode, plus the full text summary, are at sidehustlenation.com slash knife. Again, K-N-I-F-E. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to The Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.